You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 370. The world is falling apart. The Eagles have lost. Not just lost. Got their asses handed to them by the San Francisco 49ers at home in front of a juiced-up Lincoln Financial Field crowd. Ugly, ugly game. We're going to get to all that. Uh, before we do, we'll get to some Eagles news. And, Brandon, you and I... Went to our uh, little meetup at Wrong Crowd Beer in Westchester, PA, last Thursday to watch the Cowboys-Seahawks game. The Seahawks actually gave the Cowboys a little bit of a game, but kind of choked a little bit at the end of the game, and the Cowboys pulled out uh, the win in that game. But uh, good times are had by all. Thank you to all of the listeners that hung out with us that night. I think it was a nice crowd, Uh, good people, uh, good beers. I, I didn't have any food. You finally got to have your jalapeno mm. poppers, right? Yeah. That's right. Are they jalapeno poppers Fantastic. or jalapeno something else? Is that what they're called? Jal- what What would even that something else well, be? Well, is that what they're called? Is that what they call them, jalapeno poppers? They're bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. They were okay. fantastic, Jimmy. I paired it with a first anniversary ale their strawberry milkshake ipa which is really good <laughs> so obviously a lot of fantastic beer there at wrong crowd beer company again i echo your sentiment we appreciate everyone coming out had a great time the game went better than i thought it would i was worried about the cowboys just gonna blow the seahawks out and right, we got we something to watch but for the entire night yeah exactly and it's a great spot. It's a great spot to go to and watch a game or just hang out in Westchester, PA. So make sure you go to Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester to have a great time. But, uh, Jimmy, we do have an Eagles game to talk about. <laughs> but before we get to that, we should get to a related development to the game. Obviously, a big reason, not the only reason, but a big reason why the Eagles lost to the 49ers. Linebackers. I mean, I think it, I think it's the biggest reason they lost that game. And you know, what, even if they had good linebackers, they're probably losing that game anyway. But yeah, they're, right. they're abysmal. Nicholas Morrow just—I <laughs> mean—got worked at every level. I mean, burned by Christian McCaffrey on the wheel route, undefeated play, except when uh, was it James Cook drops the ball? But um, also terrible tackling attempts from him, um, and so. The Eagles signed or agreed to terms with, at least officially, as of this recording on Tuesday morning with Shaq Leonard, who they were rumored to be interested in and they really could have used for the 49ers game. But they have him in the building now. Shaq Leonard chose the Eagles 
over the Cowboys. It was kind of funny. You you posited it this way on Twitter, and I've been I was thinking about it too. It's like if you're Shaq Leonard and you see that Eagles game, you can be like, "Oh, there's opportunity for me here because the linebackers aren't good." But you could also be like, "Man, that team! <laughs> do I really want to join that team right now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way I posited it was, uh, "Oh man, the uh, the Eagles really need me." And then like kind of like a <laughs> like uh, like a sly looking face like emoji. Where yeah. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Nice. Like, I, this this is where I want to be. And then like, oh man, this team really needs me with the with the grimace Uh-oh. emoji like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they signed Shaq Leonard, uh, or they were about to sign Shaq Leonard. He will, by the way, go directly to the fifty three man roster. There will be no pit stops mm. on the practice squad. I am told. Um, previous acquisitions such as Julio Jones, uh, Bradley Roby, for example, they initially joined the practice squad just for roster purposes. That's a tool that teams can now use uh, in the NFL, but Leonard will not be joining the practice squad initially. He's going right to the 53, and I think he's going to play immediately because if you look at the history of guys (laughs) that have joined the Eagles this year, such as Roby and Kevin Byard, who they traded for, they played like as soon as they, you know, joined the team, like the, 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 the next game that was on the Eagles schedule, they played in. Um, and certainly in the case of Darius Leonard, not Darius Leonard. I mean, that is his name also, but Shaq Leonard, yeah. in the case of Shaq Leonard, he, um, uh, he, you know, it's not like he has been just sitting on his ass for the, you know, for the past three months, he's been playing for the Colts. Um, whereas actually Roby wasn't playing for anyone. He came in off the street and he was able to get up to speed uh, in time to play. So yeah, I think he's going to be right in there. I don't know if he'll start. I think that probably depends on whether Zach Cunningham is ready for this game or not. And certainly the Eagles missed Zach Cunningham uh, in this game. I mean, clearly, but I think they also missed his physicality, which the Eagles defense just, I mean, let's just be honest. They got bullied in this game. Usually the Eagles are mm-hmm. kind of like the bullies and we've seen them bully kind of, um, you know, teams with that reputation, like the Titans last year was a good example. The 49ers in the NFC Championship game, they bullied that team last year and they got there. They got bullied in this game. Embarrassing from start to finish. Well, not from start to finish, from the second quarter <laughs> to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just got they just got wrecked by the 49ers in that game. And and once, you know, that game was over, it was very, very clear if it wasn't already that they need. I mean, it was already clear that they needed linebacker help just on sheer numbers. I mean, they were down to Nicholas Morrow. They were down to Christian Ellis and they brought up Ben Van Sumer and from the practice squad. So uh, they desperately needed help uh, at linebacker just, just for depth purposes. I mean, alone. Uh, But I think uh, Shaq Leonard maybe won't have a huge role initially, but if he pans out in any way, then obviously he's going to start at some point. Yeah. You're not really impacting the ceiling, I think a whole lot of your linebacker position, but you're helping to raise the floor is the goal. And yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, even if he stinks, why not just try something new as opposed to you know rolling with what you have? And even if you felt good about what you have, which they can't, you just needed more bodies there. Like you said, because they only had three off-ball linebackers on the roster if Zach Cunningham is healthy, which he might not be. Because according to you know Jeff McLean from his reporting before the 49ers right. game, he said, Cunningham was likely to miss the 49ers game and maybe right. more. So 
not great if that's the case for the Eagles and kind of crazy how important Zach Cunningham, who hasn't even been, you know, amazing, but just has been solid and playable at the very least, like a respectable, credible NFL linebacker. Um, having him in there matters. And certainly you saw that against the 49ers. Okay. I guess getting into the game, you know, itself here, um, you said it, I mean, Eagles come out nice, good start in terms of mm-hmm. yardage moving the ball well like obviously you know you settle for two field goals that's not good enough but in terms of how things looked in terms of okay eagles pass rush generating yep. pressure on brock purdy 49ers can't get anything going offensively offense is moving the ball pretty easily you're like this is this is good this seems like they might if they can just continue this the rest of the game which now there's reason to believe they can um maybe they can win this game maybe uh it's a game and then the 49ers went on what seven or six, six straight six touchdown straight, drives. Yeah. Six straight touchdown drives. And the one, you know, the first one, they're they're backed up against their own end zone there after a penalty. And Darius Slay, who um I've certainly been, I think, lower on the consensus, allows a big completion, playing like fifty yards off Brandon I yeah. on that was it second down? And sets up, you know, the Niners for a third, a third and reasonable. And short all yep, of a sudden, yep. that was and their first. That was their the first game, positive but... play of the game. That throw to Ayuk on the side. Yes, line. the first. Yes, they had negative whatever yards at that yeah. point. Um, so, and look, I think this game is, you know, big picture to me. Or I'm, I'm thinking a lot of big picture things after this game. It's not like one flip was switched. You know, yes, if the Eagles have better linebackers, it's more of a game, but it's not the only reason they lost the game. It's not like, okay, you add Fred Warner to the Eagles. Um, I'm not, I mean, if you took him away from the 49ers and added him to the Eagles, sure, that'd be a big deal. But it doesn't, even if you add like a Fred Warner caliber player to the Eagles and the, the 49ers still get to keep actual Fred Warner too. Um, I don't think they win that game. I think big picture, there's a lot of things that went into this in terms of this was the 49ers Super Bowl. Um, and credit to them. Uh, they backed it up. They talked trash and they backed it up and they can further talk trash. A lot of people got mad online about my tweet from the game where I said um, the 49ers are celebrating like it is their Super Bowl. And I don't think I saw that so much after the game, but there were some times like late in the game on the sideline where their sideline was going nuts. And it reminded me of when the Eagles strip sacked Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and the Eagles sideline went nuts. (laughs) It was like, it reminded me of that, which is why I tweeted that anyway. um, But yeah, the 49ers were clearly up for this game. I can't put it all on the fact that the Eagles were tired coming off of a game where they played in short rest and then went to overtime and played like two games worth of snaps specifically on Mm -hmm. defense. Um, because the defense started out hot, but then it just seemed like they had no juice after that. And, you know, that's a factor, I think. It's not the only reason, but it is. it did factor in. Um, And I guess big picture here, I'm a little annoyed. I'm not saying people can't be upset with this loss, but I'm a little annoyed at this season in terms of it just, like, it feels like there's no happiness to be had for Eagle Sands in terms <laughs> of... true. They're tending yeah. to... And everyone's miserable when they win, and everyone's upset when they lose. <laughs> yeah. But what's the point of being a fan? Then? Yeah. Like, you have to choose happiness at some point in life. And that's not saying everything is sunshine and rainbows. Not saying we can't criticize the team. I love criticizing the team when they deserve it. But, like, 
I look back at my Eagles record win loss prediction from before the season. You know, we do that, Jimmy, you and I do that uh, at the podcast and we do our own articles predicting game by game like everyone does when the schedule came comes out. I think it was at nine and three at this point in the season. They're 10 and two. So what am I, what do you want me to do? Sit here and say they're, <laughs> the season is screwed. And part of what made this season or making the season feel this way is because they were impossibly good last year. They were the best team that you'll probably ever see. And when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, I felt so uninvested about the 2023 season. I remember, you know, they lose Shane Steichen, they lose Gannon, and everyone's like, who are they going to hire a defensive coordinator? I couldn't give an F because I was like, this team is just going to be worse next year. That's not to say they're going to be doomed. They can still be really good, but they were always going to be worse. They were, oh, even if they pushed every single possible right button they could, they were always going to be a worse team to some extent because they were so freaking good in 2022. Not to mention, you have things out of your control that are working against you, like injuries. The Eagles were impossibly healthy last year for the most part. Not as healthy this year, certainly against the 49ers who have had bad injury luck mm -hmm. in the past and were healthy mm -hmm. in this game, unlike the Eagles were, missing Goddard and Cunningham. Um, and the other part of it is that, um, man, I was rolling and I lost it here. <laughs> I also got sick after the, the game, so that's not fun. Um, rescue me. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll um, I think where you're kind of going with that was uh, I, I kind of think of like the new Eagles meme that's out there where like the, it's like in timeline yes. form where it's like, there's this short timeline where it says short to medium timeline where it says, Oh, you know, the Eagles are, are playing today. And then there's the timeline Yay. under the, uh, under the Eagles logo that says, I hate my life or whatever. And then the extremely uh -huh. short timeline after the, after the end of the Eagles logo, which indicates the end of the game where it's like, okay, fine. They won. <laughs> uh, or like, yeah. So like, that's kind of like what these wins have been like. And then, you know, as you mentioned, they lose in this game and everyone's furious. Um, so, you know, we're, you know, we're not here to uh, gatekeep your fandom, of course. Um, but, I mean, things could be worse. They're 10-2. and two, They have the best record in the NFL. Right. Have some perspective is my thing. <laughs> yeah. like, there's no perspective. It's just I, there's literally like questions that are out there like, are the Eagles even a good team? Like what the, like polls on Twitter, which I can't, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into that. But it's like, what are we talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. here? I just think people have taken the season and the success they've had for granted. It's really hard to get to 10. They're going to be fine. Maybe they're a fluky 10 and 2 team. They might. They oh, might maybe not, I mean, they might like, lose on Sunday to the Cowboys. And, you know, and, and if they do. I mean, if it looks horrible, like if it looks like the 49ers giving it, all right, by, by all means, panic. But even if they lose that game, they're still going to be fine. Like they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be in competitive games. They could still very well get the one seed because they have, you know, four very winnable games thereafter. And the Cowboys and 49ers have a couple of losable games thereafter. So, um, you know, we'll see how this plays out. I think we went through this, of course, in 2017 after Carson Wentz went down. Uh, I think in that case, people were rightfully like, yeah, the season's over. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Yeah. And then, you know, last year, 2022, Joe and Hurts gets hurt. They lose a couple games to the Saints and to the Cowboys. And it felt like things were unraveling a little bit at that time, too. So it's just one loss. We'll see how it goes, for, you know, going forward. Uh, granted, the loss was really ugly. 
And there was nothing like yeah. fluky that happened in this game where you can point to no. and go, oh, well, they lost because of that. You mentioned your tweet. Uh, I tweeted something to the effect of like the Eagles lost this game because Jalen Hurts got hurt. But of course, that's just a joke. <sighs> right. That's just that a joke good. about like, right, you know, them course. saying, you know, the 49ers fans saying like they, they lost only because Brock, and right. their coaches and players and everyone else and their media said they only lost because Brock Purdy got hurt. So that's what I thought it was a pretty obvious sarcastic joke. <laughs> And uh, it was not taken that way. Uh, But anyway, um, getting back to the game, you know, as you mentioned, it started out well enough. They were actually outgaining the Niners 124 to negative six in the first quarter. They just didn't close when they got in the red zone on their first two possessions. I mean, they could have been up 14 nothing instead of 6 nothing, And maybe this game is completely different if it goes that way, but it didn't. And then on the Niners' third possession, as you mentioned, they had the completion to Brandon Ayuk with Darius Slay playing way off of him. The other big third down conversion that I thought really turned the game to was after the big Dom fight when the Eagles, the Eagles <laughs> score on that drive. And then they're down, what, I think 21 to 13? Game still within reach. Uh, they kick off. They get in. They get them into. I think it was a. Uh, sorry for not muting my phone. They get themselves into. I think it was a third and seven. I want to say they had a really good chance to get off the field. And then once again, I think it was Ayuk against against Slay again. In this case, I think it was a uh, it was man coverage, and Ayuk ran sort of a like a, a comeback route and got open. They completed it, and then they wind up, of course, marching the field as they did all day and scoring a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought those were the two real key plays of this game that, like, under the radar, I mean, you can look at, like, the, the Debo Samuel catches and runs and go, okay, well, that was a huge play. That was, mm-hmm. you know, and of course. But I felt those two plays were under the radar, huge plays for the 49ers in that game. Uh, I agree. Picking back up from my point from earlier, I was also, you know, talking about how, you know, injury luck wasn't going to go your way. Schedule also not, you know, schedule much tougher and not just tougher in terms of your opponents, but also the fact that, again, yeah, you're playing on short rest against the Bills after coming off Monday Night Football, and then that game goes to overtime, and then you're playing on short, or you're at a rest disadvantage because the 49ers are coming off of a mini-buy. And then you have to go play the Cowboys this week who are also coming off a mini-buy. Like, I saw something after the game about how, um, like, 49ers fans, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, my good friend Stats, had said he tweeted out the like the Warren Sharp rest advantage disadvantage thing from the offseason. Actually, the 49ers have had the toughest um, rest disadvantage mm-hmm. this year in terms of you know. But I haven't. I've been meaning to ask him. I didn't yet. But I I was meaning to ask him. Okay, but how is that parsed out? Because it's one thing if that's like spread throughout your schedule. We have these rested advantage. It's another thing where it's back to back to back, like <laughs> right. against teams that are like the top teams <laughs> right. of the conference. That's like <laughs> incredibly high leverage games. Like that's really tough. And I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to say boohoo. It's unfair. The Eagles like you have to deal with it. That's the situation. But I'm acknowledging that that is the case. That is a significant disadvantage to have to do that. So certainly, again, that plays into it. It doesn't ex- solely explain why you get blown out at home. Um, it's embarrassing. That was an embarrassing loss. I kept saying going into the game, like, how are you going to let this team that talked all this trash about you come into your house and beat you? Not only did they beat you, they embarrassed you. How can you do that? That just shows that karma does not exist in the world. Um, really sad. It, there's no justice in the world, basically, is is what my big takeaway is after the Eagles lose like that. Um, unless it ends up happening where 
And I think this is more possible than people would think after a loss like that. These two teams meet again in the playoffs and the game is a lot different. Um, maybe not if I'm just being naive and the 49ers just have, you know, this inherent matchup advantage against the Eagles. Uh, but I think about how in the past the Eagles have played some teams in the regular season. Uh, people brought up, you know, the Saints in 2018 as an example where they just, you know, got their doors blown off. And with, well, it was Carson Wentz at that point in the regular season. And then, you know, they took him down to the wire in the playoffs. So, you know, you never know when teams meet again, things can be different. Um, but I also do get the concern that even if this Eagles team does rebound here, beats the Cowboys, whatever, you do have to worry, like, is your ceiling capped? Just like the Cowboys have to worry. Is there because the Cowboys have you know an even longer track record of not being able to beat the 49ers? Like, is your ceiling capped because you can't get by that team? And that's possible, I'm not going to rule that out. Um, I also don't think that's a big like disgrace because the 49ers are really freaking good. And I don't at some point it's like, I don't know what you can do about it. They're they're just a great team, um, with you know a lot of skill players and the coaching obviously that goes with that but um yeah so I don't know I I genuinely usually after an Eagles loss average Eagles loss you know I feel like pretty down or like frustrated about something or I'm ready to like you know really crush them or rip into it I didn't feel that way after this one it kind of felt more than one thing can be true they were due to lose you know after playing a lot of these less than a plus games for them at the same time um again rest disadvantage 49ers wanted it more sometimes you just have a bad game even good teams have bad games uh the 20 the 2004 eagles you know who went to the super bowl got blown out by the steelers that season like oh, sometimes right. yeah, you just you have McNabb a and bad T.O. Game. like kind of uh McNabb trying to walk away from to to's trying to like you know say buck up buddy <laughs> And McNabb was having none of it. <laughs> Everyone brought up the um, the Seahawks loss in Seattle in the, during the 2017 Eagles. Sometimes you just have a yeah. bad loss. Um, on, on your fatigue point, by the way, I think it was like a perfect storm of that because you know you're they're in KC. They played like I think some 79 or 80 defensive snaps in that game, and the entire secondary, <clears throat> excuse me, played every snap in that game. And that's a Monday night game. You're flying back like in the wee hours of, of uh, you know on Tuesday morning. And, you know, you got the short week against Buffalo. You play 95 snaps, <laughs> 95. That's, that's like, two games. It's like two games. Yeah. Like the, I would say the 95 plus the 80 is, is like three games. It's like three games worth yeah. of snaps is how I would put that. Right. And then, you know, you play, so you, they're, they're on the field. for Reed Blankenship is on the field for like, if you include special team <laughs> snaps for like 115 snaps or something like that. So, you know, they, they, then they have, of course, um, this Niners game, as you mentioned, the Niners get three extra days of rest and you're playing them. You're banged up. They're not. Darius Slate's 33 years old. Reed, um, excuse me. Uh, James Bradbury, Kevin Byard, you know, both just turned 30. You got an older secondary. And then you're playing this team that just happens to have yak monsters all, like, all over their offense in Kittle and Samuel and, and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. Just like the worst possible opponent to face if you, you know, have fatigue and um and you know you've played really you know two really tough games on short rest and whatever so like you know not to make excuses for them and I actually asked uh, Nick Sirianni a question about fatigue or whatever after the game and he said you know we're not going to make excuses for you know the way that we played today or whatever and that's what that's how you know what that's how he should answer that of course 
But there, you know, no question about it. It was a factor in this game. Like, I don't think there's any there's yeah. there's any way around it. Like we were saying it leading up to yeah. the game. This isn't like a hindsight thing. This is something we were. It was honestly, literally, legitimately one of my biggest concerns about the, this game. And and they played like crap. <laughs> like and you know they 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 couldn't get they. It, that was one of the things, one of the obstacles that they just couldn't get past because they couldn't tackle in this game. Like it was gross. Their tackling was just atrocious in this game, and you know it, it extended from the linebackers, you know, into the secondary. I thought that actually the, the, the defensive line was fine in this game. They stopped the run early, and mm. then you know later as the game kind of progressed, then they started to lose in the trenches uh, as as progressed or whatever. But early on, they were owning the trenches, and you know mm. Colton McKivitz could not block. Hassan Reddick, when they got into those early third, you know, uh, when they got into those, you know, third, those long third and longs, um, they, he just had no chance against them. And then after those first two drives, once that offense gets into a rhythm, you're screwed because they they have so many misdirection looks and it doesn't really matter as much that their offensive line isn't that good. They get their run game going and then they get that play action game going and they get the boot game going. There's just a lot of different ways that they can keep defense defenses off balance. And they really successfully did that uh, against this Eagles defense to an extreme degree, obviously when you score six straight touchdowns on, on six consecutive drives. So, yeah, I mean uh, the, 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 the fatigue I think certainly was a factor uh, again, just, the worst kind of opponent to get at the, at, you know, the tail end of a difficult stretch like that. I guess one last thing on my mind on defense before we take a break, because we have to get to big Dom and everything <laughs> uh, is that I guess they could have challenged the 49ers a little bit more in terms of like Brock Purdy didn't even have to throw. What was his longest pass in this game? You know what I mean? In terms of down, he didn't really have a lot of downfield throws. He had the wheel route. To it's McCaffrey. funny. Cause like, if you look at the, uh, if you go to like the play by play, on ESPN or NFL.com or whatever, where it says, you know, like you look at their drives, it it's one play after the next. It says Brock Purdy short to Debo Samuel. Brock Purdy throws right. short to Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy throws short to George Kittle. And then also there's big gains. So it'll be like Brock Purdy throws short to Debo Samuel for 15 yards. Brock Purdy throws short to Brandon Ayuk for 28. Brock Purdy throws short to George Kittle for, for 30. So like, I mean, don't take anything away. I, I don't take anything away from Brock Purdy in this game. Like he is the facilitator in that offense. He's like the mm-hmm. point guard. And I think that's kind of like a, it seems like a slight to a quarterback to call them that. But, and but what he does really effectively is he puts the ball in a spot for these guys to maximize their yards after the catch. He did a great job of that in this game. He can move around enough in the pocket where like, he's not going to necessarily hurt you with his legs, like running down the field, but he can move around enough and avoid pressure and throw on the run accurately and just do, do he, he's a perfect fit in my opinion for what they are uh, as an offense, even if he doesn't have the physical uh, traits and, you know, size and, and everything that you look for in a quarterback, but for that offense, it works. Yeah, and I'm going against a little bit of what I said before the game because I thought this was potentially more of a Jonathan Gannon defense week in terms of the how the 49ers, even from stats saying it, like would you know they have a penalty, they have some kind of mm-hmm. setback, and their drives kind of just typically fizzle yep. out. Obviously, wasn't the case here, but in hindsight, you know, I am with the benefit of that. I am saying like maybe down the road, maybe you want to make him hold the ball a little longer and take some shots downfield and prove he can beat you that way. I think. You know, it's it's happened here in the past. And I think this might be happening offensively, too, and we can get to that in the next segment, where the Eagles are a little too obsessed with the big play, like at all costs. Like sometimes maybe you have to 
like be willing to risk giving up the big play or and offensively maybe you can't just live and die by the big play and only be obsessed with that i mean right when you're Um, you're giving up six straight touchdowns and they don't know that they're going to give up six straight touchdowns after they've given up three or four or whatever but at some point of course you just got to go well we got to get them off just kind of off the rhythm that they're in and try to make something happen. And if they get a big play on the back mm-hmm. end, fine. And you know what? They're getting these right. huge plays anyway. Like they were getting the big plays. Right. So, I mean, you and I always talk about the Super Bowl when Jim Schwartz was like, you know, I'm just going to get really aggressive here. And if they score, so what? Your offense can go out and win it. Mm-hmm. And then that's, of course, when they get the BG strip sack and the game's over. Okay, let's take a break here, Jimmy. We will be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio. Gotta get into the big dom, great green law <laughs> altercation. I really do not fully understand how... Everyone, and Eagles fans are obviously going to defend yeah. Big Dom. And I guess 49ers fans are obviously going to defend their player. But this notion that, like, Big Dom can't put his hands on a player. <laughs> what are you it's talking ridiculous. about? He was clearly trying to de-escalate yeah. things. Like, that's putting hands on a player? That's not putting hands on a player. That is, like, he Big Dom literally gets in front of Devontae Smith. He's protecting his own player. And also, I think... People who know Big Dom would say this. Big Dom isn't like this hothead. I think Big Dom is this widely respected, kind of like revered as a cool dude. And like clearly was not trying to start anything with Drake Greenlaw. Was clearly trying to de-escalate the situation. How does that, and even if Dom was doing something wrong, which I don't think he was, how does Drake Greenlaw like trying to punch him in the <laughs> face? How is that the equal behavior? I'm not saying Big Dom shouldn't be ejected, but this idea that like he needs to be... Like, like, um, what's the word? Like, gravely. Yeah, right. he's got to lose his job. He's got, like, he can't be on the sideline anymore. What's going it's, on? So, I, I do think he probably went a little too far. Like, he, I'm with you. He, he was his intent was to de-escalate the situation. He did kind of push Greenlaw, like, so he did use some force to push him away. Which maybe, you know, maybe that is, uh where the point of contention is i think Dre greenlaw is going to survive <laughs> i think he's, i think he's going to be fine i don't think he pulled a pectoral mm-hmm. muscle from the way that uh, dom pushed him a little bit and uh, I, I i think that you know as a professional football player 
Dom putting his hand on his shoulder pad and pushing him away a little bit. I think he can handle that level of contact. That's just me. I think he can probably handle that level of contact. But like the 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 people that are arguing uh, like that he should have this or he, who cares? What do you even care? Like right. what does it matter to you? How does this change your life in any way? Why are you so heated? It about will it? have no it's effect. Insane. Like it's just and of course Drake Greenlaw's. I don't. He didn't punch him by the way. It was more like a like a. It was more like uh, an ag- it was like an aggressive him. nose boop is the way I would put it. Like he he I don't think it was a punch necessarily. You got to watch it again. I don't think it was a punch, but I it was did, but it's still like it's it a was swing. a very it is disrespectful. A swing it was almost kind of worse than a swing in a way, and that it was like very disrespectful <laughs> in the way that he just reached out and kind of booped his nose. <laughs> so I don't I don't know whatever it's to me like it, it's a it's a nothing thing like who cares I like, and I guess like the the argument is that Dre Greenlaw shouldn't have been ejected okay well first of all he suplexed Kenny Gainwell or no I'm sorry Devontae Smith he suplexed Devontae suplexed Devontae Smith it's something that he's actually gotten flagged for a lot in the past like he's he's done these suplex tackles before of course you know Philadelphia Eagles fans love the highlight of you know Brian Dawkins suplexing the 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 Washington player way back in the day and and those are cool tackles to watch but he's been flagged for it repeatedly he knows he can't do that and he did it and he got into it with the Eagles sideline <laughs> like of course the Eagles sideline is upset if, you know after he, they su- he suplexes one of their best players of course they're going to be upset by that and then like the argument is well what's he going to do he's got to get him to the ground well he can't suplex the guy like Devontae Smith weighs well, what, so 170 pounds late. what's that yeah it was it was late. It was clearly late. Like he had him already wrapped up in terms of like the forward progress yeah, stopped yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was clearly late. <laughs> he, that, it was clearly it was clearly about trying to send a message. We're more physical, whatever. Blah blah blah. BS. He knew it was going to be a penalty, and it's a player who has a track record of getting ejected, like he did in the last Eagles game, right? When he punched, was trying to punch the ball out. Like no, late. so he or didn't he get ejected for, for that. He all right. Yeah, did he get flagged? Did he get flagged? Trying to punch. I thought he did. I feel like he didn't in the championship game. I think he got flagged for well, he got flagged for case, something else. He he got flagged for a different late hit in that game. So he and the, the point real quick, real, real quick. But, he's a track record. Well, yeah, while this. we're on the track record, like the last thirty three games, he's gotten eight unnecessary roughness penalties. He's been ejected twice. He's got three fines, <laughs> and like there are probably plenty of other incidents where he just didn't draw a flag. And the 49ers actually, as a team, Kyle Shanahan has argued. Uh, I think this season actually that he draws these flags on reputation only, which is total nonsense. Like all, I, I went back and I watched some of his unnecessary, and they're very clear, like flagrant things that he's getting flagged for. So like the, he's one of the dirtiest players in the NFL. I don't know if he's the dirtiest, but he's up there. And like, of course, like, he, you know, he, he has that reputation around the league and he gets in the sideline altercation with the Eagles bench. Yeah. He's got like, there's no question. He's going to get tossed. He's probably going to get fined for this too, by the way. Um, I don't know if they'll find Big Dom or if they even can. But again, this like none of it matters in the scope of the game. I, I guess it does with with Green, with Greenlaw getting ejected. But of course, like of course, he's gonna get objected, ejected after he's like get, gets into an altercation with the sideline. It's very easy enough for him to just walk away from that situation. You got flied, get mm-hmm. out of there, go back to your huddle. So I don't know. Um, Twenty years from now. Like nobody's going to remember who scored touchdowns in this game or even what the final score was or anything like that. Like everyone's going to remember this as the quote unquote big Dom game. <laughs> I think that's uh kind of a fun thing that, that happened in this game and an otherwise just miserable evening for the Eagles. Uh, and like, uh, it seemed like it was going to be a rallying point too. It seemed hey, like, scored. okay, maybe the, like, yeah, it seemed like, and that was a one score game. Uh, 
spoiler alert, didn't work that way. <laughs> this comes from Howard Eskin. He tweeted this on Sunday night that uh, Mike, um, wait, Mike who? Who's Mike? Uh, what did he say? Re- just read the tweet. Mike, Dom, and player Green- Dre Greenlaw, along with 49ers GM. He might have meant, Lynch, so he, if I can translate Howard Eskin brain here, he he probably <laughs> is calling Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. I'm guessing. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're probably <laughs> right there. I was like, wait, who was Mike? Yeah, I think he meant to say Kyle Shanahan, Big Dom, and Dre Greenlaw, along with John Lynch, were laughing about it outside the 49ers locker room. So, you know, it was a little thing. It didn't actually – it's not carrying over bad I wonder blood. if that was before or after Shanahan had his press conference bitching mm-hmm. about the Big Dom sitch. What if, uh, it was later what if, on. What if, so it okay, might have been after. All right, so if it was after, that's – I don't if, know. So if they had that little powwow – before his press conference, I'm guessing was what after. a little phony bitch, <laughs> you know, to be laughing it up with him and then go into the press conference and complain mm-hmm. about it, like to kind of squash it and then I'll complain the about it thereafter. The there. But I don't know. I don't know what the what the timeline was on that. So anyway, um, Nick Sirianni did not love this game from Nick Sirianni. We can talk about Brian Johnson. And the offense, you know, the the issue's there. And certainly I've been defending Brian Johnson. And I don't think this was a good Brian Johnson game, to be clear. I think there were getting back to that thing about the... And I want to get back to Sirianni. But real quick, while I'm on Brian Johnson, I think there are some plays in this game where some of it's on Jalen Hurts in terms of I've crushed him for this all year in terms of just holding the ball for forever. Sometimes you can't just throw to an open receiver. Sometimes you have to throw a receiver open and throw with anticipation. And I don't think he's done consistently a good enough job of that this year when you look at his forever time to throw but in fairness to Jalen Hurts who you know was getting some clean pockets in this game and the one line was great in this game uh, on a little side note I saw Lane Johnson at one point pancake Nick Bosa he just like drove him into the and Bosa had another bad game in terms of like he got he got owned by Lane Johnson in this game it's the only it's the only thing Eagles fans can that and the punter (laughs) the two things the Eagles feel feel good about uh, after this game sorry to cut you off continue no, I mean, the offensive line was giving Hertz a lot of time to throw. I do think there were some issues in terms of Hertz, you know, not pulling the trigger and throwing with anticipation or not seeing the field well. I also think I saw some, there was, I forget which drive it was, but there was a drive. It was the first play of the drive. And I think it was Devontae and Quez going deep on the right side of the field and like no one else. And then Hertz ended up getting flushed to his left. And then there's no one even there. Like 49ers have it covered perfectly. Hurts it all day to throw, but no one is. And it's like, what's the design here? Half of the field, no one even is there. And also, AJ Brown wasn't on the field for that play. Like, what are we doing? Like, AJ Brown's not even on the field for the first day. Like, what what's going on here? So I do think sometimes they overthink it with personnel mm-hmm. packages and whatnot. Um, and but part of that is Sirianni in terms of design of the offense and everything too. And uh, getting back to Sirianni and game management. I mean, to not go for it on that fourth Insane. and two, fourth and three, whatever it was. It's not like, okay, Eagles definitely win if they go for it and get it. I mean, the defense couldn't get a stop, but that's the thing. Defense can't get a stop. And it's just, it frustrates me. I think he doesn't get crushed enough for not going for it on that fourth down in the Super Bowl from the Eagles' own territory because it just makes it seem like he doesn't know what's happening in the game. Like your defense isn't right. getting stops. So why do you think you're going to punt and get a stop? Keep the offense on the field. 
and try to give yourself an edge. And you, by the way, you've been like pretty good at converting fourth downs, obviously, you know, fourth and short, especially, but like, I mean, fourth and one, the tush push and whatnot, but like, go for it, go for it. Try to give yourself an edge, try to keep yourself in this game, be aggressive. And it just, it's just a bummer because I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I feel like Doug Peterson goes for that there. I just feel like it's really disheartening to see Sirianni just be like an old school coach like that at times where it's like, what are you doing, man? And then having the players in late in the game, Jalen Hurts after he gets checked out for a concussion, is back in the game playing late. DeAndre Swift takes a big hit for no good reason late in the game. After we, we just said, you played all these snaps, a ton of snaps in recent weeks. Just get out of there. Get your starters out of there. Let them take a break for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, not really loving this game from Nick Sirianni. I mean, they were out coached on the, on the whole. Um, and he has to, he has to wear that. Yeah. I mean, right before that fourth and two, Jalen Hurts got hurt. Like he got hit and he was clearly shaken up. But when he was, but when Nick was asked about that after the game, he said that didn't factor into his decision. Like he was, it was punt. Like if Hurts hadn't gotten shaken up, he was punting in that situation anyway. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, later in the game, as you mentioned, to not pull the starters, like you're, they were down twenty three. Uh, the situation was they were down twenty three. I think that, that what was the score? Like five minutes left. Yeah, I guess it was. It was the final score. It was forty eight to, or sorry, forty two to to nineteen, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what the final score ended up being. They were down twenty three, and there was five minutes left, like five and change, five eleven or something like that. You're you're not winning that game. Like there's no scenario where you're winning that game. It's just not going to happen. So like they have all the starters out there, as you mentioned. DeAndre Swift got laid the F out by Diamador Lenore. And he went not only – so he goes right to the Blue Medical tent, and then he went inside. So we, we have yet to, to see, like, what his injury is and if it's bad or not. My guess is right. maybe not. But if he's – like, if he winds up on the injury report this week, it's a huge failure by Nick Sirianni to not get the starters out of the game. And then Jack Stoll, by the way – like was waiting outside the blue, the blue medical tent for Swift to get out. <laughs> so they had like a little line going into the blue medical tent during a drive where none of those guys should have even been in the game. So like I asked him about that after the game, like what's to be gained yeah. by keeping the starters in. And the way he initially answered it was we were down two scores like there's still some game left, and I was like, "You're down 23," <laughs> and he's like, "We're gonna fight to the end." So we haven't really seen Nick in these situations where, you know, they're down big. This is the biggest loss of the Nick Sirianni era, actually. Um, I tried to think back, like to some of the bad Wait. losses in, well, the Buccaneers game in the playoffs, but regular season games. This was what about the Cowboys game? Okay, okay, well, so regular the 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 Buccaneers playoff game, and then the Cowboys game which was meaningless. They didn't play their starters. Um, no, the first one. Are you sure about that? The first one in uh, 2020. Remember the one where he they, they went down to Dallas? Did they lose by more than 23 in that game? Okay, they lost by 20. Yeah, okay. but a lot of that was garbage time. It was 41 to 21, but like they I think they had like multiple garbage time touchdowns. Like they that felt that to me that felt worse cuz they that was like basically from the jump. Anyway. anyway yeah, so uh where was I there? Uh yeah, uh, so we haven't anyway, we we haven't seen much of him 
in, with these big deficits late in the game. I don't remember what he did in that game. And I guess at that at that time, starters were playing late. At that time, like it didn't really matter if they were playing late because they weren't Super Bowl contenders that year. Like no, and they were down forty-one to fourteen in that game. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess they were down twenty-seven and they narrowed it to twenty. Um, anyway, yeah, they. Uh, so we haven't seen him in those situations, and interesting to see that he's just going to be like, "I'm never quitting," kind of guy, uh, which isn't smart. <laughs> get get those guys, and they're. And the 49ers were, like, popping guys all game. Like, okay, I get, like, you, you know, you want to be a tough team. And you don't want to wave the, the the white flag and all that. Then why but, Then why did you not go for it in fourth but, down? But as, That's not consistent. As mentioned previously, they played they, they played two really hard games the, the two weeks before that against Kansas City and Buffalo. <laughs> like, you just got your ass kicked for, for three quarters. Get those guys out. Like, it's it's – it's okay to see the you know the the big picture you know see the forest for the trees or whatever it is and just make the, just do the smart thing like stop stop with like the tough guy we're never going to quit kind of stuff and i don't i don't know we'll we'll see if it bites him with uh with DeAndre Swift or or Jack Stoll if those guys end up being on the injury report or not or if it winds up being like sort of again like a nothing burger or whatever but um I thought it was I thought it was malpractice <laughs> that that he kept those guys in the game. All right, let's take another break here. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Holiday season is coming up. Perfect stocking stuffer gift is to get some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can get some of the they have packages of different offerings in terms of the um, you know their beef jerky or they have turkey jerky or the beef sticks, or the biltong, or anything that you can possibly get at RighteousSellin.com. Non-meat snacks, too, for people there out there who do not eat meat. You can check those out. RighteousSellin.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. That discount code works again and again and again, as opposed to you know these one-time-only discount codes you'll see elsewhere. So if you like it, continue to use it and rack up the savings. The Eagles did not have enough. Right to sell on craft jerky clearly before they played the 49ers. Uh, so that was a big reason why they lost. Make sure that you do not make the same mistake in your life. Go to right to sellin.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. And also, if you are looking for 15% off of dog treats, you can go to wildrangerpet.com. Use that same discount code for high quality dog treats, BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy. Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Jimmy, we're back on BGN Radio. What do you want to talk about now? Yeah, um, we touched on Nicholas Morrow and um, how, I mean, just brutally bad he was in this game. I think the low light for him was on the the Christian McCaffrey 
uh, I don't know what you would call that route, but Morrow thought he was running an out route, and McCaffrey instead kept heading up the field. <laughs> so Morrow break to the sideline and cover nobody. McCaffrey just wound up being just wide open down the field, and uh, just a really ugly play there. The missed tackle on. Was it Debo Samuel on that? Oof. Or it was Debo Samuel right in the middle of the field? It was Debo, and he went so high. Like, you're going to bring, you think you're going to bring Debo down by his shoulders, really? Like, just, I mean, in terms of bad, you know, memorable bad linebacker games, this is up there with like the Nate Gary against the Steelers game, <laughs> the like Levon Kirkland against uh, the Buccaneers mm. in the playoffs in 20, in, you know, 2002 game. It, I mean, just a brutal performance, but also, you know, we touched on, you know, Slade giving up those those two crucial third downs, the one early in the game and the one after the after the big Dom score. Uh, the secondary, just in general, was not good in this game. Clearly, at some make a play, make any play at some point. Like Jordan Davis had uh, a batted pass in, I think it was the Niners' first offensive play of the game. Thereafter. Yes. They did not have a pass breakup the entirety of the game. That's so terrible. none of the linebackers. Well, Blankenship had one. I thought they he didn't get. So if he did, they didn't credit him for having one. In the remember, statue. he almost picked it off. Remember that. Remember, what? like Reed almost had a pick there. Remember Vaguely. that. He gets like aggressive, jumps the route. He, he at the very okay. If he did not officially get credited, he definitely disrupted. That they didn't throw. credit Whatever. him for it's it. Another... He, he might not have just. He might right. not have gotten a hand on the ball. Maybe. Like he hit Maybe. the receiver, I don't, whatever. They didn't credit him for one. Okay, let's. It was a but, but let's pick. say he had one. Okay, let's say the Eagles as right. a team had one from their it's linebackers or, or defensive backs. Just make they they just didn't make any plays at all in this game. You look at the Niners on, on the other side of the coin. You know how you know how many pass breakups they had in this game? They had eleven. Right, like, they had eleven mm. pass breakups in this game. Their guys made plays off, like uh, Traverius Ward, a great play on A.J. Brown on the fade in the end. So a couple times, actually, in this game on fades, he, he played those really well. They're just batting passes, hitting guys all game. Their secondary completely outplayed the Eagles secondary in this game. And, I mean, I think, like, the 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 you know the back seven was, this is one of the worst back seven performances in recent Eagles history. I don't. I have nothing to add. I can't, <laughs> I can't disagree with you. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Um, another thing too is, um, uh, what else did we touch on here? I'm just looking through my notes. Uh, I mean, obviously the tackling. Nick Sirianni had mentioned, like, I think after the game, and then also in his press conference on Monday, that they were in like the top ten in tackling in the league in terms of like percentage mm-hmm. of you know tackles versus missed tackles or whatever. I kind of don't like that. I feel like uh, a lot of times he gets mm. defensive. Um, and I'll, I wouldn't say like his tone was defensive or anything like that, but always pointing out, well, we were good at this before. We just had a bad game at it. I think you just kind of have to own that. Like the tackling was shit. Like just just garbage. Uh, I mean, again, I thought the defensive line was okay in this game. But on that back seven, they just couldn't get anyone to the ground. And obviously, this is one of the best yak team, probably the best yak team in the NFL, maybe not statistically so far this year. But I think like the passing yards, Jeff McLean put this out on Twitter, like of the 300 some odd 
passing yards that the Niners had in this game. I think like two thirds of them were yards after catch. <laughs> so like, you know, we mentioned earlier how like Brock Purdy was throwing short, 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 and all the guys, all those guys were making plays and, you know, credit them for making the plays after the catch, but just the, the tackling in this game, absolutely atrocious. There's one point I went to the bathroom late in the game. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's pretty bad if that's happening. Yeah. There was like a, t- there was like a timeout on the field or something like that. And, um, you know, I made my, I made my tinkles. I washed my hands. It's coming back out, heading back to my seat. And like, as I'm, as I'm, you know, as you know, in the press box, there are TVs everywhere um, before you get to where your seats are. And I see like Debo Samuel running in for a touchdown. And I thought like it looked very similar, just the end of that play to his earlier touchdown where he ran right down the middle of the field. And I was, I was, and there was a security guard standing there watching the TV. And I go, I go, is this happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this a re- is this a replay or is this happening right now? And he goes, "It's happening right now." <laughs> to go, all right. And I think that at that point it made the score. I think that's the last touchdown they got. If the I, final if I touchdown, recall correctly, yeah. um, but that's just how bad this game was. Where, <laughs> like, I didn't even know if a, a touchdown being scored was <laughs> was live or a replay because they all kind of looked the same. By the way, like. Uh, on the secondary front, and I don't mean to pick on like an undrafted rookie free agent. I was going to oh bring up Eli God, Ricks. Eli Ricks was. I, I was shocked when I, you know, you and I both do snap count posts after, you know, mm-hmm. after every game. I was shocked. He played, he played five. What, he played five snaps in that game. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't Hell, freaking believe 50. it because he gave up so many plays in that game. And you know, again, like nice kid. But any, you know, he had a couple moments in in the game against the Dolphins. I don't think you can play him. I don't, I don't think you can be on the field anymore. Like, and and I was kind of surprised that uh, Sidney Brown didn't play a little bit more in this game because his skill set yeah. kind of translate to what the translates to what the Forty ers do. Like, they're not they're right. not burners or anything like that. They just, I mean, they they can run, of course, but um, I shouldn't take I should I should take that back because you know they they are fast offense, but. They're not. You're not worried about the getting you're, beat over the top. They're not Tyree Kill, you know. Right? Like they're 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 gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna make their money you know in the short to intermediate areas of the field and then get yak. And I think like Sidney Brown would, was a nice player for for that style of offense. And to, to right. have Eli Ricks in the game over him just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Had a big TFL early too. Like it wasn't like oh he's not playing yeah. well. <sighs> By the way. Because I'm a big Nolan Smith fan. Another I thought, another like nice Nolan Smith game and very small sample size. He had a really, I think it was him on that play who set the edge and allowed yes. uh, Sidney Brown to yep. make that tackle for loss. So like uh, he, now I think he was being blocked by Debo. So you know he should win because he's a defensive end going up against a wide <laughs> right. receiver. But still, yeah. like I think I've seen enough from Nolan Smith. Like allow him to have a role. Not that that's going to fix everything, but you know it's part of. One of the things that I think can be adjusted going down the stretch here. I will say, again, from a big picture standpoint, I think I'm pretty happy with how the Eagles talked about the loss after the game. Obviously, that's like a weird thing to give them credit for because they lost. And you don't want to make mm-hmm. too much of that. But I think they were honest. It was sobering. It wasn't like, uh, this isn't who we are. Or like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, they were in denial. They, were, they very much took the L, unlike the 49ers did after the championship mm-hmm. game. And we're like, they were the better team. We got outplayed. Um, they wore it. I think they wore it appropriately and also weren't like 
broken by it too which is also you don't want to you don't want to get too down on yourselves after <laughs> yeah. that i think they realize it's this is a really bad over. loss but it is one game <laughs> yeah you don't want to you don't want to get too too low on it and because i think you can tell that sometimes in terms of a locker room or a team being like totally demoralized and i don't think that's what this was i think it was just more so a humbling experience and they know that they obviously have a really really big game this week against the cowboys and this is telling. This is going to be very telling. I'm very intrigued to see how they come out against the Cowboys this week. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team because, okay, you had a bad game, but how do you respond right. to it? That is going to be very telling. And if it's another blowout loss, then then yeah, then you can raise the alarms and the sky could be very well falling in terms of uh, you know their Super Bowl aspirations. Again, they're still going to make the playoffs, still might even win the division, even if they lose to the Cowboys. But I mean, if it's not even close and they get, you know, manhandled again, then yes, obviously that's going to be very concerning. I think we're going to learn a lot, I'll say it again, about this team, depending on what they do in Dallas. One, one guy I didn't mention too, by the way, I thought Bradley Roby had a really bad game too. Um, you can't get tra- <laughs> the way he bounced off of Brock Brady. by a 110 pound quarterback, <laughs> you know? And then, like, I thought he gave up some plays in the, in the passing game too. Um, mm-hmm. Not to take a unnecessary pot shot after <laughs> i've already made my point on the second <laughs> but whatever um you got anything else from this game i really don't i'm looking at my winners losers and i don't notice here that i wrote down i mean i didn't put anyone in the winners except the 49ers and big dom because i don't think anyone deserves to be like have their praises Lane. sung after a Lane. game like that i put them in the i don't know section because like just because on principle, I'm not awarding anyone a gold star after that game, after, you know, a bad team performance. Yeah, I would, I would award him a gold star. He owned Nick Bosa in that game. That's fair. I'm just saying in my world, I'm not giving anyone associated with the Eagles any credit. I'm, I'm saying team and loss. Everyone wears it, even if you played well. Uh, AJ Brown obviously played well. And that's kind of nice to see because he was a little bit cold there for a bit. Not that you're worried about him, but he had a good game, especially early on. Devontae Smith was great. Lane Johnson, you mentioned Hassan Reddick. I thought you know he started Early, strong. Yeah, I don't think, he, yeah, um, but still, Braden man, I mean, dude, his sack, yeah, and, and also <laughs> that was the fifth. Or well, also, I want, no, I do want to give Braden Man, yes, who did punt well. Also, Fletcher Cox. I want to give Fletcher okay. Cox credit. Wasn't even able to practice last week. We saw how slow he was moving after he, he came off, get the, off field the field in the yeah. Bills game. He barely walked. It looked like so for him to not even be able to practice and to gut it out and played well too, by the way, like he had a sack on Purdy. Um, I thought he played relatively well. So uh, big credit to Fletcher Cox for toughing it out and ultimately for not, but I thought he deserved credit for, for um, turning in a good effort in this one. So I wanted to make mention of that. One of the few positives in the game. Let me ask you this. Okay. Like look before quote unquote, the gauntlet began. Yes. Would you, so Cowboys win, at Chiefs, win. Uh, Bills, win. Right. 49ers, loss. Before the Garland started, would you sign up for those four results? I think w- what I said, well, I told you before, earlier in the pod, like I, I had them going 9-3 and three at this point, and they're 10-2 and two at this point in the season. But to answer your question more directly. Would you sign up for it? I, I think what I said was, I think, I mean, I think four and two in that six game stretch is fantastic, assuming you beat one of the 49ers or the Cowboys. <laughs> okay. I think that was my expectation. Okay. That would be like fantastic. But four and two and with I losses I, to both of them, you would ne- like not good. I agree with you there. That's that's not disaster, but it's 
A plus to or A basically anything in the A range is four and uh one lot win four and two one of the wins over the 49ers or the Cowboys. I think four and two and losing to both the 49ers and the Cowboys is kind of like B minus kind of territory. And uh I think three and three is I think a, yeah. what I they had to go at least three and three. They right. had to go at least three and three with one win over the 49ers or the Cowboys. Um and then two and four yeah. or worse was not gonna be good. Um right two and four not acceptable anything on worse. the turn on the uh uh, unless they beat both the 49ers and the Cowboys and that would be salvageable from the NFC landscape perspective. Um, well, first of all, the, the 49ers blew out the Cowboys earlier this year too. Like they beat them. They, Even they worse. Beat the, they beat the Eagles, Eagles are better four, than the Cowboys. 42 to 19 and they beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. I think it was. And that game was now the, that uh, game was brutal from start to finish like that. The Cowboys did play on the road, <laughs> but they also did not play in short rests. Like that got did. picked three times in that game, I think, if I recall correctly. Um, but anyway, like yeah. the point, not the point isn't to say like the Cowboys were worse in that game. The point is that the Niners just beat the doors off, you know, the two other clear, you know, best teams in the mm-hmm. NFC, um, and they're the best team in the NFC right now. Like, there's no debate about it. Like, they are the top dog in the NFC right yep. now. Even if they have a nine and three record, and the Eagles are ten and two, they're the top dog in the in, in the conference right now until. Someone proves otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. From the tiebreaker perspective, the Eagles are still in okay shape against the Cowboys, but they now have this head-to-head loss against the 49ers. Hashtag analysis. Um, and if they're in a tiebreaker situation with them, they will lose that tiebreaker. So um, not great on that front. The Eagles have to be pretty – like their cushion is over against them at this point. So if the Niners run the table from here on out, and the Eagles have at least one loss from here on out, they will not be the one seed in the NFC. So, um, Do you think the 49ers win out? Here's their remaining schedule. Host the Seahawks, win, win. or loss. Host, or sorry, road against the Cardinals. Win. Host the Ravens. I think they beat the Ravens. Um, okay. Then they finish with... Road against the Commanders win. Yeah. And then they host the Rams in the season. Finale. Yeah, I mean, you look at any individual. Ram, Rams could need Every that game. individual game, I'm going to go win, 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 win. But do I think they're going to go 5-0 to close the season? No, probably not. They probably will lose a game at some point. I think they lose to the Ravens or the Rams. Because, again, the Rams are going to really – the Rams might need that Rams game play, to like, They played them the close earlier this year, too. I think they yeah. lost by seven. Well, yes. And that game, that game was, it, 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 I think they were actually, they're playing well in that game. I think they might have had a lead yes. in the second half of that game. And a couple of weird things happened. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember watching that. I remember I watched that game. Um, I'm surprised I don't remember more about it. I think they, I think they lose one more. I do. Yeah. So it's hard to go five and five and oh. I mean, hell, like. <laughs> We all are kind of chalking up wins for the Eagles against the Cowboys, Cardinals, or excuse me, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> like sure. they, 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 you know, they lost to the Jets, who have proven to be a, an atrocious team this year. So um, hmm. I don't know. Got to, got to play them out. I think I still think the Eagles end up with the one seed. I'm going to say they do it because I think I just said I think the 49ers end up. Um, dropping one here and i don't know how to feel about this cowboys game we'll get into that you know yeah. the preview later this week i will say they haven't won there since 2017 they haven't swept the cowboys in the season since 2011 mm-hmm. cowboys are playing very good football cowboys are playing an extra rest so 
it is tough to make it is tough to to pick the Eagles and the Cowboys are I think now three and a half. Yeah, it opened at three and it's gone up. Line. Which I understand. The Eagles just yeah, got their so. asses kicked and people are gonna bet that way. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? I mean I already put money on the Cowboys money line because uh, you know, I'm a reverse uh wait, emotional hedge yeah. person. And uh, you know, doesn't hurt to make some money in that regard. Okay. But uh yeah, we'll preview that game later. Gonna have two NFC East mixtape podcasts for you all this week. We'll do the I'm about to record with RJ in an hour or so here as of we're recording this BGN radio on Tuesday morning. So really looking forward to that, I'm sure. And uh also a live show, I believe, on Thursday night. So you can potentially stay tuned for that one and jump in the YouTube comments and everything. Um What's your final thought, Jimmy? Any final thoughts? Mm, I mean, the Eagles haven't won in Dallas, what, in I think the last five tries? I just oh, said sorry. this. I said, yeah, since 2017. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, since the, the Jerry Jones, like, uh, enshrinement into the Hall of Fame or Cowboys Hall of Fame, whatever game. I think it was NFL Hall of Fame. Like, for, pro football Hall of Fame. They honored him at halftime, but the Eagles blew the uh, Cowboys out, like, 34-7 to or whatever. That was the... Uh, uh, Kamu Gruje Hill kicking off game oh, because uh-huh. Dick Elliott got yeah. hurt. He had some really nice kickoffs in that game. <laughs> Looking forward to their he press did. to their press box food spread. Oh, the mac best and cheese. in the NFL, best mac and cheese I've ever had in my life. And they they serve. You didn't get to go last I year, didn't. right? No, you I got sick? I got violently ill before uh, that game mm. last year. Yeah, I don't know if the readers uh, or not readers listeners. Um, I've told this story, I'm sure, but um, I yeah. emailed their. For those of you who didn't who don't listen to every single episode, how dare you? First of all, um, but I emailed their get out of here. I don't even want to. I don't, <laughs> I don't turn the podcast off. I don't. Know. I emailed their uh, their head of PR, and uh, I you know explained that I do this press box food spread review of you know all the stadiums that I visit, and um, and you know. And I did not expect a return email at all. Like I, I put it at like five percent. <laughs> they would get back to me, and I was like, uh, "Would you mind if you would you mind sending me some mac and cheese just so that there's not uh, a gap in my coverage?" And I even like linked to like previous Pressbox food spread reviews uh, from from past years. And I was like, "I always give you guys an A plus." <laughs> like the year before, I gave you an A plus plus, which is unprecedented. Blah 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 blah. Again, I. Did not expect them to, to return my email. Guy emailed me back and he was like, I read your press box food store reviews and we're thankful for the good grades you've given us over the years. And yes, what is your address? We'll send out some mac and cheese. They sent me 15 pounds of mac and cheese, which is insane. And it was actually delicious too. Like I was wondering how well the mac and cheese would travel. It traveled fine. They gave me like all this apparel stuff. It was all like Cowboys logos all over it. So I gave them to uh, a Cowboys fan <laughs> that I knew. Uh, but like, mm. <laughs> but like the uh, the mac and cheese, I had like I froze most of it, and I had like you know, Cowboys mac and cheese for almost the entirety of a year. So I'm looking forward to having some more Cowboys mac and cheese and the rest of the spread. They also like. There, there's another team that served beer after a game. I forget who. Oh, the the Rams this year had cans of beer after the game. I think they had Stella, mm. uh, Bud Light, maybe because they're woke. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, of course. Uh, None of these beers hold a candle to Ron Crowd Beer Company. And the they way. had uh, just for the record. And I forget what else they had, but like the Cowboys serve beer after every game. I want to. I think they have a a beer sponsor. I think it's. 
I think it's Miller Lite maybe. And then they also had some like they always they always have like that whatever whoever their sponsor is, and then like some craft beer mm-hmm. uh, after every game. And then you know what else they do too? They give you a ride back to your hotel. So like if you took an Uber to the game, there's a Cowboys employee that they're like, come on out. And you get into their truck and they give you a ride back into your hotel. So there's one year, me, Zach Berman, and Bo Wolf were all getting a ride back. Do you remember the game where there were like tornadoes going on, like outside the stadium? Yeah. They were talking about it like during the game and it didn't affect the game, of course, because it was a dome. But <laughs> we're <laughs> we were driving back to the hotels. And we literally like drove through a tornado and this driver just very casually just pulled under like an overpass and we're just sitting under this overpass. That's what you do. uh, Waiting for the tornado to blow over. And this driver could not have been any calmer. Meanwhile, there's just bedlam going on outside (laughs) and I'm sitting shotgun and I'm looking back at uh, Bo and Zach (laughs) And they both just look like terrified at like the weather that was. I mean, it was crazy this weather that. I mean, it was legit like a tornado that we drove right through, and uh, very interesting experience. But no, the Cowboys, for as hated a team as they are, they do it right in terms of treating the right. media well, both in terms of feeding them. And just little niceties like that. Like, give, give an opposing journalist rides back to their hotel. It's crazy. Can you imagine, like, that happened in Philly? So, anyway, uh, you know, good on them. I, it's, it's always an enjoyable experience Experience going to that stadium. Jimmy's a big Cowboys fan. <laughs> is what I'm taking away from this rant. I mean, the difference uh, between them and going to, like, a commander's game couldn't possibly be say, more night and day. Right. Yeah, I've always acknowledged that, too. Like, you know. The commanders obviously get so much wrong off the field and stuff. And the Cowboys, at the very least, you can say that about them. They do things off the field. Um, not perfect in terms of some, sometimes the players yeah, design yeah, stuff yeah. too. But in terms of their how they treat people, it seems to be organizationally in terms of the media or um, charitable efforts they or whatever. Let, they seem the, to do the a other thing job. that I think they, that they do a great job of too. Like they let their in-house why are we praising the Cowboys? <laughs> like they let their in-house, you know, media people like Fran Duffy, for example, like wh- whoever, Agreed. whoever their version of Fran Duffy is over there. They let them be like really critical of the team at times, which like you don't see anywhere else in the NFL. And I respect that. I remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I think there's this like famous tweet when it was like, how do the Cowboys become more like the Eagles? And Eagles fans, you know, love that <laughs> right. to see from like the Cowboys right. own Twitter account and their own personnel. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I give them credit for that as well, because it's not, not that not everything does have to be sunshine and rainbows. You can criticize the team. And I think it's actually better off when you create a healthy environment of, you know, not overly negative, but um, constructive criticism. Uh, I have an Apple podcast review to read as my final thought. BLG is delusional. November 26th. <laughs> okay. From reviewer 1675243. Definitely not a coward. Definitely putting their name to the review here. Reviewer 1675243. One star. Oh, okay. The crazy is so clear based on BLG's Twitter account. Seek help. Okay. They, they're not even specific, so. but. Uh... What what their what their beef? Just look is? at my Twitter account. It's, the crazy <laughs> is there. Okay, that was the twenty six. Oh, by the way, so, I, I do have an announcement. Um, what? Um, perfect for final plot. So, listener Rich Bobby, super nice guy. Yes. He could not make it out to the um, to the event. What he did was he sent 
us a gift card to Wrong Crowd Beer for us to get beer from them, which super nice of Rich to do that. Much, much appreciated. Um, but like they actually give us free beer. <laughs> so like, right. we, you know, we wouldn't even be able to use it anyway. Um, but like super nice of him. Very appreciative. He is, you know, the man. But what we'll do yes. is, and I talked to Rich about this. He's fine with it. We'll, we are going to transfer that gift card receipt, whatever you want to call it, to one of our listeners. We got to figure out sort of a, uh, how do we, how do we give that out to somebody and, and what do they have to do to earn it? Maybe you and I should think about that. And they also have to be at least 21. Yes. We have to, we have to think on that offline on who we can, I think it's, I think it was like 20 bucks, uh, 20. And I'm pretty sure you can probably use it for delivery too, in case you don't live in the Westchester area, I guess. I don't know. Um, but we'll we'll figure that all out offline. But we'll come up with some kind of, um, I don't know, maybe leave reviews and we'll pick somebody at random. I don't know. But somebody will be getting a wrong crowd beer Boom. gift card. Cool. Awesome. Okay. This has been BGN Radio 370 on the March to 400 before we know it. I guess we'll get to the four. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. No one cares. <laughs> Numbers don't matter. But. Uh, Jimmy and I will be back with you later this week to preview a massive Eagles Cowboys game. So subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We appreciate you listening. Check out our sponsors in the episode show notes and our social media information is there as well. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.